Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year. Then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's the 29th day of March, or at least it is on the West Coast, 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. You know, at this point next week, I won't be doing the daily podcast anymore. We will be switching to a weekly podcast, which will drop every Thursday. And I'm going to miss the daily podcast, except for days like this, where I just have, I, I, there's no time to do it today. And I, and I have no more evergreens. I actually have one final evergreen, but it's not edited yet. So I, it's not even evergreen at this point. It's not even done. And so, you know, this is one of those times when I have, when I, this is why. Because there are moments when I get stressed out about, um, you know, what am I going to do for this? What am I going to do for that, for the podcast? And the day is running out. I still haven't recorded anything yet. And alas... These are the days, and they happen a bunch during the year, that I'm probably not going to miss the daily podcast. So, anyway, uh, it's going to be called Sully Baseball, as I said before. It's going to be on once a week. Uh, initially, they're going to be 40 minutes long. Uh, so, that's, it's going to be less Sully during the week, but the one episode is going to be a little bit longer. I'm going to do a monologue. I'm going to try to have a guest every show. I'm going to try to do some features like, you know, some of the players who own baseball for the week and the team that should have won and break down a couple other things, maybe some thoughts from the card of the day, a couple of interesting factoids. I don't know. We'll see how it evolves. The daily podcast evolved in a certain way, and so the, the weekly podcast will also find it. It's, it's an evolution. Um, Aaron Foley, who is going to be a guest on the weekly podcast, is uh, one of my favorite guests. She's a great friend of mine. I've known Aaron for a long, long time. A tremendous stand-up comedian, really, really a, a pro, and also the host of my favorite, my single favorite sports podcast in the world, which is Sports Without Balls. I never miss it. Uh, even when they talk about football and I get, you know, and I, I don't want to hear about the point spread. But you know what? It's, it's, you know, then I fast forward. I don't have to listen to that. By the way, I have to say something, and I'm sure some of you have felt this way about this podcast. I was listening to a podcast the other day, one that I subscribed to. I won't mention which, which show it is. It's a show that I normally I listen to every week. I have my rotation of ones I listen to every week. And there was an episode I didn't like. I said, I'm not really enjoying this. I'm really not enjoying this. And I looked down and said, well, it's only 35 minutes left. And I thought, but wait a minute. I don't have to finish listening to this episode. If I said, you know what, this episode isn't capturing my attention. I don't really care. I, you know, I, I don't have to listen to it. And I turned it off. I said, oh, look at that. I don't have to sit and grind through these final 35 minutes. There's no test on it. I subscribed. They already got the play. And I listen to it every week anyway. And I'm sure some of you do that, you know, if even some of you who listen to me um, every day, you know, I've got people saying, I didn't like that podcast, or I don't like your politics on this, or whatever it is like that. I get it. Sometimes, you, you, you know, you can be like, you know what, I am not going to like this one. And that's fine. I get it. No harm, no foul. 
But um, Aaron Foley has talked a lot on her podcast about some of the sports jobs she thinks she's qualified for. Now, I've talked about this before, and I totally agree with one of the ones that she said, which is first base coach. She can be a first base coach. I can be a first base coach. Being a first base coach, do you know what? I, I hate to say it. There's not much there. I mean, what the hell do you have to do when you're the first base coach? Someone comes up, they, they got a hit, they got a walk, say, hey, good job. Good job, Mike. All right, so it's uh, uh, three and two, uh, you know, one out, uh, run on contact, you know. I mean, there's just two or three things you can say to them. Back! They throw it at first. Back! Look, I don't mean to belittle anyone who's a first base coach, but... You know, I mean, the other position, you take a look. I mean, I have this, this chart out that I have of, of the current coaches on the Major League staff. I think this is up to date. This is as of February 14th. So it's, I guess this is, there may be some uh, vacancies that have been filled here. But you have bench coach. Bench coach is basically the conciliary to the manager, is like the person you lean on, and is either a former manager you see a bunch of former managers like Don Wakabatsu is a bench coach there. Uh, Tim Bogar was briefly a, a manager. He's a bench coach. Ron Gardenhire was a, you know, several times a manager of the year. Larry Bow has been a manager. You know, those are people, you know, Pat Murphy. You have people who have managerial experience, Jim Riggleman. Or you have people who are being groomed. As manager, you know, you said people who should be managers who are on here. Sandy Alomar probably should be a manager, um, but you know that's a that's a tough gig. That's a gig with a lot of responsibility. Third base coach, yeah, you got to wave him in, you got to hold him. That's if you screw up as a third base coach, people remember you. Um, what else? You know, hitting coach, man, we can't hit. Let's fire the hitting coach. Assistant hitting coach, well, we can't hit. Let's fire the hitting coach and maybe the assistant hitting coach. The pitching coach, if your pitching sucks, guess what? I don't care who your pitchers are. You're going to get the pitching coach is going to get all the credit or all the blame. Um, the bullpen coach, yeah, he's out in the bullpen saying, God damn it, I should be the pitching coach. Sorry, Ray. Strength and conditioning coach, he has steroids. Trainer buys the steroids for the strength and conditioning coach. The bullpen catcher said, Jeez, why aren't I a catcher anymore? And the other coaches are usually people who are on the payroll and maybe buddies with the manager. But they all, all those positions have, you know, specific roles. And then you have the hitting coach. And you have the first bit, you have the pitching coach and all of them very important responsibilities. And you have the first base coach saying, hey, 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 back. There you go. And so an Aaron Foley was saying she should be a first base coach. I said, yeah, get her in a uniform. She can yell back. Say, okay, two outs, running on contact. Now, I looking at this chart here, you see a lot of first base coaches out there. The single strangest first base coach is Ruben Amaro Jr. because he was a general manager and one with a lot of attention put on him from his time with the Philadelphia Phillies, and in some people's eyes, not making a lot of the moves that he probably could or should have been making as the general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies as they were declining. And now he's the first base coach of the Red Sox. I find that weird. 
Maybe he's working his way up to become a manager. This is things, these are things I don't know. These are things I do not know. You have a couple of former stars in there. Omar Vizquel, there he is. Uh, Davy Lopes, there he is. But most of the time, it's just someone. You know, someone. Dave McKay, longtime coach, there he is. Wayne Kirby, I remember when he played. Tony Pena, he's a former manager. Why isn't he managing? Mike Aldretti, I remember when he played. You know, the, down the line you have someone like, uh, I remember Freddie Benavides. I remember when he was a player. It didn't make much of an impact on me. Um, you know, and there's Jeff Branson. Now, here's the thing. It hit me when I saw the first base coach of the Tampa Bay Rays, Rocco Baldelli. Rocco Baldelli was a really popular player on the team. And anytime anyone gets to first base, there's Rocco Baldelli. Oh, good old Rocco Baldelli. Pats him on the back. Hey, how you doing? And, you know, there's a shot of Rocco Baldelli. And everyone remembers Rocco Baldelli. And everyone will see him every single time someone's at first base. There's Rocco Baldelli. He was part of the 2008 Rays. And, oh, man, he's still a fan favorite. I remember when the White Sox won the World Series in 2005, their first base coach was Harold Baines. For years, Harold Baines was probably the best White Sox player on a bunch of really bad White Sox teams, played forever, and was just a beloved White Sox. Classy, not spectacular, not an MVP, just year in and year out, a nice, good, solid player for the White Sox. And he was the first base coach when they won the World Series. I was like, hey, there's Harold Baines. He's part of the team. Isn't that cool? A big chunk of the time that uh, Joe Torre was the manager of the Yankees, Roy White was the first base coach. Roy White, he was a Yankee when they stunk and was a part of the team when they finally won. And there you go, Roy White, a reminder of the past. There he is at first base. And for a while, Mookie Wilson was the first base coach of the Mets. Now, I'm not saying these people aren't capable coaches. I have no clue. But the fact of the matter is, every time someone's at first base, ah, uh, they're at first base, hey, there's Mookie. Hey, there's Harold Baines. And it made me think that maybe that should be part of the role of the first base coach. Now, I've brought this up before. I've said this before. The first base coach should be a fan favorite. And either someone from a championship team or someone from a point where it was like, hey, they weren't that great, but that guy was there. That guy was, that guy was uh, what, you know, the, the brightest star in some bad, bad years. And now he's the first base coach. Good for him. And... I got to thinking, as I'm going through all these first base coaches, I thought, well, why don't I put my money where my mouth is and make a few suggestions? Now, the Diamondbacks' first base coach is Dave McKay. He's a baseball lifer and a coach. But when you're at first base in Arizona, you really want to see Dave McKay there? Don't you want to see? There's two players who should be there. It should either be Luis Gonzalez, 
who got the World Series winning hit, or Tony Womack. And I think it should be Tony Womack, and I'll tell you why. Tony Womack is the most underrated hero in the history of the Diamondbacks. He got a walk-off series-ending hit to eliminate the Cardinals in Game 5 of the Division Series in that year, 2001. No one remembers that. He got the walk-off hit. Big hero. It was a great series between St. Louis and Arizona. No one remembers it. And then in that ninth inning, everyone remembers Luis Gonzalez getting that hit that dropped in over Jeter's head. But the real dagger to the Yankees was the fact that Tony Womack got a guy game tying double off the invincible Mariano Rivera. And every time someone's at first, there's Tony Womack, you know, he's an underrated hero for the Diamondbacks. That's the type of person who should be a first base coach where they bring that up. The Braves' first base coach is Eddie Perez, and that's not a bad one. I like that one. He was a National Championship Series MVP. Boom. You don't have to have Francisco Cabrera there. You have Eddie Perez. The Orioles, I don't know, their first base coach is Wayne Kirby. Congratulations, Wayne Kirby. Get Rick Dempsey, World Series MVP. He's a catcher. He must know something. The Red Sox first base coach is Ruben Amaro Jr., which is just weird. That should just be a rotation of beloved Red Sox. Jim Rice, Dwight Evans, Louis Tiant. Who's the first base coach today? And he comes out and the place goes bananas. It's Carlton Fisk. I mean, come on. You mean Back! Fisk can yell, back! Tiant can yell, back! Trot Nixon could do that. Come on, let's go. Now, the Cubs' first base coach is Brandon Hyde, a former manager. Now, I, it should be like a classic Cub, like from the 80s, like something like Jody Davis. Or maybe it should be Sammy Sosa. The rehabilitation of Sammy Sosa. Come on, people who are Cub fans. You didn't love Sammy when he was playing for you? Knock it off. All right? Enough. Uh, the White Sox first base coach is Daryl Boston, which is not a bad one. Because he was a White Sox and a fun White Sox when they really stunk. So that's the kind of person I like at first base. Obviously, you know, a Ron Kittle, a Paul Canerco, a Harold Baines would be cool. But Daryl Boston's a pretty good one. Now, the Reds almost got it right. The Reds' first base coach is Freddie Benavides. Their third base coach is Billy Hatcher. Billy Hatcher was a huge star in the 1980 or 1990 World Series championship. Ah, move them over to first. I like seeing them. Good old Billy Hatcher. Uh, the Indians, they have Mike Sarbaugh. I don't know who Mike Sarbaugh is. Everyone, get Grady Sizemore. Should have been one of the biggest stars in the history of Cleveland. Got hurt. Was a playoff hero. Get me some size more. Who else you got? You have the Rockies. Their first base coach is uh, Tony Diaz. I don't know Tony Diaz. Might be a great guy. Actually, no, no. It's Mike Redman. No, it's Tony Diaz. I'm reading the, the chart correctly. Look, at Tony Diaz may be a great coach, may be terrific. Get any Blake Street bomber. Dante Bichette, Vinny Casilla, Andres Galarraga. Doesn't matter. Cut to them, oh, remember that great year in 95? Just come on. It's about fun at this point. And the same thing with the Tigers. Any, any living, breathing member of the 84 Tigers, Lou Whitaker, get him at first place. And that's, it's weird because it's Omar Vizquel, who was an Indian. He should be the first base coach of the Indians. There you go. 
Actually, Omar Vizquel should probably still be playing, but I, that, I digress. Um, the Astros, their first base, who's their first base coach? Rich Dower. He should be the Orioles' first base coach. What the hell is going on here? The, yeah, Travis Fryman. I like someone who was on the team when they stunk. Someone like Travis Fryman would be a pretty cool choice in that. Um, the Astros, um, you know, get BGO, get Bagwell, get Vinny Castillas, get someone who, you know, oh, I really loved him. The Royals, there's no doubt about it. Right now it's Rusty Kuntz, a player whose name you really, really have to be careful when you pronounce his name. And the fact that that's his name, and you see that name on the back of his jersey, you go, wait, what? What's his name? Kuntz. It's pronounced Kuntz. There's not a person in the world, I don't care how, who you are, I don't care if you're Ray with his son going to church, not wanting to swear, you see that guy's name, you do a double take. It's like shiitake mushrooms. Every time I see shiitake mushrooms, I say, wait, what? What are they called? Wait, what, what are the first four letters of that word? And I'm enough of that. Get Bo Jackson. Every day Bo Jackson comes out. He's standing at first base. He yells, back! And we have Bo Jackson back in baseball. Um, the Angels' first base coach is, well, as of this writing, it's vacant. So it very well could be Aaron Foley, as far as I know. God, get any, is Tim Salmon busy? Troy Glouse? Garrett Anderson? Gary Pettit's a coach somewhere. He should be there. Why not Vladdy Guerrero? Maybe that's part of if you are doing a campaign for someone's Hall of Fame candidacy, you campaign with them at, as your first base coach. There's Vladdy Guerrero. Speaking of Guerrero's, the Dodgers, their first base coach is someone like, named George Lombard. I don't know who George Lombard is. Maybe he's the nicest guy in the world and the greatest baseball mind since Earl Weaver. But I heard at one point Pedro Guerrero wanted to get back into baseball and as a coach for the Dodgers, and some people were poo-pooing that and everything like that. Pedro Guerrero was a great player for the Dodgers for a period of time, was a World Series co-MVP, and for a while was a legitimate most valuable player candidate. He had a great run with the Dodgers. Put him at first base, show the clips of him hitting that home run in the 1981 World Series every time you cut to him, and let's, let, let's, let's have it now. Come on. First base coaches. This is what it's about. Um, the Marlins, I don't know who's their first base coach. Perry Hill. Hey, Perry Hill. Sure he's a good guy. Edgar Renteria. Because every time, the key is, is that when you cut to the first base coach, and you're, like, you're the visiting TV or radio team, say, hey, look at that, there's Edgar Renteria. Remember when he got that hit? And they show the clip. Or maybe get someone who's a more obscure playoff hero, like Mike Mordecai. Do you remember what he did? In the Bartman game, he was the one who broke it open with a bases-clearing double. It was a one-run game when he came up, and suddenly he got a bases-clearing double, and the game got out of hand. Put him as the first base coach. What the hell is the matter with you? Um, who else he got here? Brewers. It's got to be Cecil Cooper or Gorman Thomas or something like that. The Twins is an, is an other no-brainer. Right now it's Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith. Oh, the always memorable Jeff Smith. Again, this is not a knock on him. But you have Gene Larkin, who's you know, a Columbia grad. I'm sure he's smart enough to yell back. 
And every time someone's at first base, said, hey, that's Gene Larkin. Remember when he got that game-winning hit to win the World Series? There he is. The Mets, just pick a 1986 Mets, uh, Met player. doesn't matter. Any 86 Met player, everyone wants to be reminded of that World Series. And just have that be there. It's just, it was Mookie for a while. You know, now it's it's Tom Goodwin, who I don't even remember if he played for the Mets or not. Come on. Wally Backman, Tim Tuffle, Strawberry, someone. Kevin Mitchell. You know, who else is Kevin Elster? Rafael Santana. There's someone you can put there. Maybe have a new one every day. Uh, the Yankees' first base coach is Tony Pena. Tony Pena should probably be a manager somewhere. Um, and they're... they're I, I don't know. I mean, I have no problem with Tony Payne except he never played for the Yankees. And there's so many Yankee legends. And let's face it, Bernie Williams have gotten the short end of the stick in terms of Yankee legacies because he's not mentioned in the core four. Eh, that's a first base coach time. The A's, it, there's only one person. Right now it's Mike Aldretti, who was an A for a while, and is a Bay Area guy, and blah, 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 blah. Jose Canseco. I never want Jose Canseco to leave baseball. I want him in uniform. I want him in the first base's coach's box. And every time you cut to him, there's like, you know, like just keep cutting back to him. He said something weird again today. Canseco's going to be doing some TV commentary, and some people say, oh, why would you want that? I don't know, because he's always right in terms of baseball. He, he taught, you know, there would still be the steroid area if it wasn't for him. Come on, I'm 100% I'm for Canseco as your first base coach. The Phillies have a good one. They have Mickey Morandini. Remember the 93 Phillies World Series team? That's a great, great first base coach. That's a classic one. That's, that's a standard there. You have a guy who you're reminded, I remember him. He was fun. Boom, done. Um, who else we got? The Pirates. Now, the Pirates need to bring back someone from the family. And I have the perfect one. I don't know what he's doing now. He was a Hall of Fame candidate for a while. Dave Parker. I don't know what condition Dave is in. I don't know what he's doing now. Get him in a Pirate uniform. Have him there at first base. He was a great player. One of the top players in baseball for a period of time. And a great member of that team that won the World Series in 1979. A reminder of the family. Put him at first base. The Padres um, have Johnny Washington, who I'm not convinced is a real person as their first base coach. Benito Santiago. For a period of time, the Padres had one of the coolest players in baseball. Benito Santiago, behind home plate. There was a badass quality to Benito Santiago. Let us remind ourselves of that. I'm going to skip the Giants for a second. The Mariners have Edgar Martinez as their hitting coach. Uh, put him at first base. He'll give him some hitting tips, and people constantly show him getting the double down the line. I don't think Ken Griffey Jr. will do it. Uh, I mentioned Rocco Baldelli. That's an amazing one. Um, the Rangers need to get either Michael Young, because Rangers just can't shut up about how much they love Michael Young, or maybe someone like Ruben Sierra, someone who's a great Ranger from the past. 
Uh, the Blue Jays are kind of like the Mets in that they can't shut up about that run they had a while ago. So just just put the roster of the 92 and the 93 Blue Jays, throw darts at it, and whoever you hit, have them be a, their first base coach. Look at that. There's Alfredo Griffin. Look at that. There's, uh, well, Joe Carter, obviously. But, you know, anyone. Pat Borders. Someone there. There you go. The Nationals is a weird one because they don't have a long tradition. Davey Lopes is in a bad first base coach. Uh, I like Brian Schneider for the reason that he was the last Expo. When the Expos stopped playing, a group of all-stars, and they became the Nationals, a group of all-stars travel in Japan, and Brian Schneider was one of them, and he wore his Expos uniform. So he was the final Expo, and people will mention that every time they see him. And that brings us to the final one, which is the Giants. There's only one person there. Only one person should be the first base coach of the Giants. His father used to be the first base coach of the Giants, and he needs to be the first base coach as well. Barry Lamar Bonds. When he signed with the Giants in 1993, his dad became the first base coach. That was a glorious choice. Former Giants star, his dad's now playing, and every time Barry's at first base, there's his dad. Boom! Done. Great choice. Now it's Barry's turn. In uniform. The rehabbed image. Come on, we all know whatever he did. Let's just all get over that. And there he is, dispensing wisdom. Hell, if Mark McGuire is a coach, why can't Barry Bonds, whose baseball IQ is off the charts? And all I want to do is have him yell, Back! That's what I want to do. And so, folks, on this relatively late edition of the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast, one of the final ones, I really want to talk about first base coaches. And I think I just did. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, and everywhere. Music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Yelling back from the first base coach's box and winding down the daily podcast. I'm feeling mixed emotions about that, but it's, it is what it is. This is the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 29th day of March 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.